Listeners, this episode is proudly brought to you by our major sponsor, Gym Journal. Please use the code MATTER, all capitals, at checkout, and you'll receive a discount on your next purchase. Please find the link in the description. <clears throat> G'day, listeners, and welcome back to another very special episode of the Matter Mentality Podcast, where we talk all things training, nutrition, and psychology to optimize your performance. I am joined by a very special guest, new friend, colleague from across the pond. I don't even know if it's across the pond. It's a, it's a very big pond. There's a lot a of water pond. in between. Trust me, we traveled <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of water in between. Uh, but I'm joined by my friend, Michael, the health coach from Marrick Health. He is a competitive NPC, IFBB bodybuilder, classic physique competitor, formerly physique competitor, and also a former EMT. Man, we got deep into your background. It's good fun. Yeah, real deep. Like, what else do you know? He's even got a calisthenics oh. point of time in there. Dude did some bodyweight right. shit. Yeah. There's a, there, was yeah. A, there was a skateboard and a pro BMX career at one point. <laughs> what else you got? No, oh, we got, we got some fucking... We did some private investigating over there. We got that yeah. shit sorted. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should stop right there. I think that's good enough. So. <laughs> How we doing, brother? <laughs> Doing well, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's been exciting. You know, just awesome to get to know you, meet you in person in Virginia at the, uh, you know, the the coaches summit there. And so to bring this all full circle here, meeting back up and you know, we got some cool training sessions back in uh, Virginia, which was awesome at the shop yeah, gym. That was so much fun. The shop was such a fucking vibe. Hey, like just coming back from coming back from that, like, we were just on such a high of like what we're bringing back to Australia mentally. Like we were tired and fatigued and exhausted, but like training with the likes of you guys, Danny, some of Cavs athletes. I'm just like, I just want to ride this all day, every day. Like this is just where right. I want to take our training and our business and just be at this level, like 24 seven. It was just like, you come back here, like, don't get me wrong. Our gym, we train at, we're fortunate. It's a very good facility, but um, there's not much like the shop, you know, in Australia, or at least on the East coast. It's just, You've got like your Doherty's and your world gyms and that sort of thing. But you know, those unique one-off gyms where it's like, it's just grunt, cuss, iron, metals. Like, right. We got there, man. It was like, let us loose. Just let us have some fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it was definitely awesome. It's cool. Like I'm, I'm fortunate here uh, in San Diego, we have a pretty, pretty awesome, you know, bodybuilder centric gym here. So we're pretty spoiled, but I mean, the shop gym is its own, you know, premiere. Yeah. You know, it, it was awesome. Awesome to be there. A lot of toys there. So yeah yeah it's just something to be said about like when it, when a gym has like five variations of a hack squat you know you're in a good place yeah right exactly yeah you get all the options yeah all, exactly all. yeah oh yeah, man. Really yeah like you said i've been excited for this one it was uh it's good to i don't know connect with people like we we got across the pond and cab was like no nah, i'm gonna introduce you to all these guys you know you meet someone who says such a big you know talks a big game you're like yeah we'll see we'll see and the next minute, Cav's just like, oh, you're going to meet these guys. Go talk to these guys. These guys are here. Gonna treat. I'm just like, fuck, okay. Like, this guy backs up what he says. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought the same thing. You know, like, you know, you gave your presentation. I was like, this guy knows what he's fucking talking about. Like, I like this guy. It's cool. And then, you know, just kind of, you you meet, you know, it's, it's it's really cool. So shout out to Cav for, like, having an event like that where mm -hmm. you have people who are really just on, you know, so many parallels. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, just, just 
the networking capacity and just the ability to learn from new people and just talk and it's fun you know it's yeah. it's not like oh, i gotta go here it feels like a job it's like it's fucking exciting like these yeah. people are just as interested in this shit as me and we have the same philosophy let's go you know yeah. so that was that was that was the big thing for us was like get, getting over there and seeing like the because like I've, I've told probably most of you now uh from the states is like the summit and the presentation and the workshop scene in Australia is just not the same level as it is over there. Like you guys have like a season of just seminars, presentations, summits, like fucking Ali was telling me she does like three months straight of just going to different seminars and workshops and presenting. I'm like, that just ain't it here. Like we just don't have it. So <laughs> to get over there and see like, you know, 200 coaches in an audience or people trying to learn and get better sponsors and businesses, almost like a fitness expo. You're like, what the fuck is this? Right. You know what? That's actually the first one that I've been to. Oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I'd never been to any other one. So when I got there, I was like, fuck, this is cool. You know, so and and just to, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, I, I got there. Obviously, we get to shoot the shit with Allie and hang out with her and yeah. then uh, Coach Cav and then, you know, hanging with you guys is really cool. So hopefully get to attend more, do more. And then, you know, I don't know, man, maybe maybe you'll kick some off out there and we'll, we'll all head out that way. Oh, you, you, you're, you're reading our future plans. <laughs> like I said, we'll come, back, we'll come back and we're just like, all right, we're going to change some shit. We're going to make things better here. Well but, on the way. Mate, anyway, long story short or rambles aside, let's dive into you. That's why we're here. Talk about you, why you do things, the way you are, where you are, how you got there. Give us a, a bit of a background. It's like, you know, like I said, we can pick at any point where we want to talk, but, you know, physical activity education science it's all been a part of your background to get you where we get where you are and working for such a respectable organization like merrick so you know give us that background give us that story people the listeners here we try to explore those so let's dig in yeah yeah absolutely so um you know i think it really just stems from from an overall appreciation for activity movement and uh you know i got a probably give it up to you know like my close circle of friends whether they know it or not it's kind of having that like competitive you know companionship between you and all your yeah. you know all your homies all your friends and you know I, I bet you I could do this better than you or whatever <laughs> whatever it is so um you know I've done some you know fun shit I've done some stupid shit with my buddies but all in all it's just being having this overall appreciation for movement and doing something challenging and you know I always appreciated like physical activity with sports as a kid and it really was like alternative sport. So from dirt biking, skateboarding, yeah. really got into those pretty heavy. And then um, just wanting to be better at that. And then mm -hmm. really appreciating kind of like the human body. So yeah, I think that's where it really stemmed from. And when I realized that I can go to university and I could just study the human body and how it works, I was like, well, shit, that sounds cool. Like, yeah. let me dive into that. So the more I learned, the more I started feeling like I have a responsibility to teach other people what I'm learning That's it. Yeah. and you know it just kind of came passively to me and I didn't I never really wanted to be a coach because I didn't want it to be a job yeah I thought well, you know I don't want to I don't want to do it as a job I just want to enjoy it and but then the more I started kind of teaching the more I felt like well you know I have a responsibility but it also feels like a little bit of a superpower when you can help yeah. somebody and they change something you know in their life yeah. for the better so studied uh you know got my bachelor's in uh kinesiology my undergrad there from there I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do I thought I maybe wanted to go like the medical the clinical side so became an EMT 
uh, after I was an EMT, I became an exercise physiologist in cardiac rehab. So I worked there for a bit, which was super cool. Um, meanwhile, I was actually coaching little kids. So like on one end of the spectrum, I was teaching, like, you know, helping geriatric patients. And then on the other end, I was helping little kids like get into sports. And in between, I was just kind of doing my own thing. And that's when I dove into like calisthenics. Yeah. Um, I had already gone through the skateboarding thing, already got through the dirt biking thing and really just started getting into, I don't know, I just want to learn how to do a handstand, which kind of stemmed from my buddies and I like, hey, I bet you I could fucking do a handstand longer than you. And like, <laughs> it just kind of stemmed from there. So, you know, I appreciated it. I like wanted to like have this aesthetic visual, like, you know, I wanted to be aesthetic and I wanted to be, you know, bigger, but I also wanted to learn how to do a handstand. So I kind of self-taught there, went through calisthenics that whole thing kind of competed in that little realm for a little bit and i realized like the more weight i put on the harder it was on my joints and i'm like <laughs> I can't do this forever you can't be doing it so um kind of stopped all that and you know just kind of dove into to bodybuilding from there and just really having this appreciation for like i wanted to learn more i wanted to do more so yeah. um you know i bounced around some other jobs from there but i really still had this passion and desire to learn more about like health fitness so um you know i started personal training i actually um i was managing a supplement shop for a couple of years and started my own supplement company with uh you know the the owner of the shop so we did that so i dove into the entire supplement side from there i kind of kick-started my own personal training thing too mm-hmm. um and what i actually you probably didn't find out or uh, mentioned yet I, I for a very like kind of short period of time i actually coached a uh like, you know, I coached like one of the 1% guys, um, traveled all over the world with him, toured the world. Um, and I was just his personal trainer, which was super cool. Got to travel a little bit, experience different cultures and stuff. Yeah. After that. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, man. Yeah. We went, we went all over. Um, after that, that's when I just started coaching online mm-hmm. and dove into different, you know, I took Sam Miller's course. I've taken John Jewett's course and then just learning as much as I could. Cause I wanted to be better, yeah. uh, from there. I actually heard about Merrick a few different times, like on different podcasts and such. And so I really just reached out. It was like a shot in the dark one night, you know, I shot, shot over my resume and the emails like, Hey, like, this is my background. This is what I do. And, uh, you know, I'd already been competing at that point for a little bit. And yep. fortunately enough, they, they thought I was decent enough to be brought on and <laughs> here I am now working you know, full time as a health coach for them. So pretty awesome opportunity. Yeah. That's, that's like a, yeah, that's a, a, a tale of, of stories in, in one <laughs> yeah. lifespan. That's not even halfway yet. That's, yeah. You're like, fuck, I didn't ask for that much. You could have just summed it up a little bit. Oh, bro, that's, that's fantastic. That's what I love to hear. Cause like that, that to me, like when you, when you culminate all that, like your, your physical appreciation of the body is very much in tune with my psychological appreciation of the brain. Like when you combine the two things and you see like, you know, I, that's why a lot of these, these conversations I like to have with people that are, differently successful and i try to get a variety of people to talk about things because you know we talk about success and a lot of time it's like you know a movie star or a millionaire with houses and all that sort of shit something like that you know that that standard criteria of success but when you start to diversify and you look at different people there's such commonalities among success but even regardless of the field that they're in so to me like i view that same sort of process but when i look at how can i learn more about the brain or the, the human mind or you know mindset mentality how can i drive people better because at the end of the day they're they're the the tools and abilities and and what we can possess and what can be done is just continually learning, it's continually pushing and trying to help people understand that it's not just like oh you're born with a mindset or you're born with the best physique you know 
taking that appreciation of what the brain can do, taking that appreciation of what the body can do, it allows yeah. us then to teach that to other people. And you just start to yeah. get like, like you said, that superpower of like unlocking something in someone. Like when I get them to view life differently or I get them to start viewing like their timeline differently or meditate more on like on, on, you know, stoicism our, around our potential lifespan and what you can do in such a short period of time. When it clicks in the head, you're just like, fuck, we did that. Same thing, right. like when you get an athlete on stage, you know, we get through those preps, you get someone on stage that thought they'd never even lose, you know, 10% body fat. Now they're sub five and you're just like, regardless of placing, that's, you've got to appreciate that. Like we did that. Yeah. You just pushed your body through that, you know, that level and yeah. to that degree. It's like, fuck man, it, when you really stand back and appreciate it, it's like regardless of placings, regardless of finish, it's fucking exciting for us as coaches to be like, we got there. Yeah, man, that, you really like hit it on the head there. It's it's so, it's kind of surreal, you know, to like look back, especially, you know, you get to show day and you're like, oh shit, like however many weeks of dieting or months of dieting, you're like I, I totally transformed, but it's not just physically, it's, you know, mentally, what did you do to get there? It's, it's a very, you know, <laughs> transformative, you know, no yeah. pun intended, like process, so. No, it's, it, it it's, didn't, it's, like to, to, to probably my favorite point about bodybuilding is, you know, I find it's been over-sexualized and over-polarized by the wrong people. But when the genuine people do bodybuilding for the love of it, what it does, like when you really get into the the journey of what bodybuilding competitive, competitively can do, there's such a profound level of mental and physical growth that comes from it that you can't experience in many other places. I played right. pretty high level, like other degrees of sports, other degrees of interest and hobbies at decent levels, you know, state rep titles. And you get to a point where it's like, even those things didn't match what I've learned from bodybuilding. Like they didn't right. push me to grow or develop or, you know, tune my head mentally and physically the way the bodybuilding has. And the, the, the ones that I find love it tend to have the same sort of perspective yeah absolutely man and you know what uh, i had a buddy who kind of said like you know bodybuilding like the true you know i guess form of bodybuilding really happens like you know when nobody's watching behind the scenes yeah. like when you know nobody's looking and it's those decisions you make in your head whether to eat a certain way wake up a certain time go to bed a certain time train a certain way like all those things and it just it it really <sighs> it kind of standardizes and structures your entire life, yeah. you know, and then it's like, Oh, this, this is a lifestyle thing. And it, yeah, it really does. You can apply it to so many different areas. And I, I appreciate that so much. And I think a lot of people, they just see, you know, surface level, you know, yeah. they see the, the glitz, the glam or the show day, or they, you know, they see what you're looking like in the gym and they don't really recognize, you know, until it clicks. And if you, in, as a coach, when you can get them to understand that, when you, when you, reach that point that pivotal point of it actually clicking that's when it's like fuck yeah we, we did it like yeah <laughs> you now you understand like, yeah yeah now you really... now you get it you weren't getting it before yeah. but now you understand <laughs> yeah yeah um, exactly so, i think cool. that point of like you know um you know we're gonna spend the whole time talking bodybuilding because we could but the the social medias i think have kind of like almost created this perception of ease when it comes to bodybuilding because you see like the you know you might see the odd the odd post from your favorite pros or like the amateurs that you know or you follow along or you know high personalities and then all of a sudden it's like you know six months have gone by and now there's a stage shot the stage photos there's a nothing but repeated stage shots and the glamour of the day behind the scenes shots youtube videos and that's awesome because we do it too because it's fucking unreal 
But it's like, because you only see those small glimpses, a lot of people go, oh, I can do that. And you're like, brother, you've barely supported a, you know, a 20% deficit for three weeks, let alone, you know, <laughs> doing a prep for six months. We need to, we right. need to like really explore this and actually understand how hard this is going to be before you go, I can jump in there. Right. Literally, it's like jumping right. in the deep end with bricks on your feet and being like, I can swim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot to tackle there. And I think, uh, you know, when you have, you know, somebody who's like a, a good coach, you know, you kind of really set up those realistic expectations. And and before you even start a prep, it's like, you know, if somebody if somebody wants to do a show with me, I'm like, OK, I don't, I'm not going to take anybody that's already in the middle of a prep unless they're like some high level athlete. We have like a couple of weeks, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I really want to set that stage for them to like, hey, yeah. this is what you're going to you can expect. Like mentally, you know, are you in a you know, you got to go through all the check marks. Like, are you mentally in a spot yeah. that you're going to be OK with doing this? Are you financially in a spot you're OK with doing this? And you know, there's a lot more into it than people think. So. But, yeah, people can be like, you know, there's misconceptions about like, how you know, how difficult or challenging it might be. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's, it's like, it's hard because like most people, people get surprised. I actually talk more people off prepping than I do encourage it, but it's because yeah, yeah. so many people aren't ready for it. Like yeah. I, I find people with athletic backgrounds or competitive backgrounds do so much better than those who are just like dabbling or want the experience or I want to try it out first. Like, yeah, cool. But if what they fail to comprehend is that it is a competition and it's a competition that runs for six months until one day. And on that right. day, you're going to be judged against 20 other people and then five other people and maybe you make call-outs, but you are being compared competitively in a scored ranking position against other people and how you look. That's right. literally <laughs> it. And it's like, if you're not competitively inclined, just going out there for a good time is a terrible idea. Like, Terrible idea. I also think like people, if you are, <laughs> if you are not okay with people going out there and literally judging how you look, like regardless of how you think you look, yeah. like, you may look your best, you know, to you, but you go out there and people are like, nah, and you get last, like, you're going to have to be okay with like that, you know? So you got to be mentally, like, you got to prepare yourself for that. And a lot of people aren't. I think, so. And, and the, the crazy part from that, you know, we get, we get sort of like, oh, I find, you know, two responses. If you know that you're in this journey for the 10 year game, the 20 year game, that loss is, is motivating. It's like, fuck, I ain't doing that again. <laughs> and my first show, I think I was like, I made, Top 10. I think I'll get seventh in my in my bodybuilding division. I was like, I was not, you know, I was ready, but I wasn't ready. It was my best of time. And I was like, that's never gonna happen again. I was like, I as much as I as much as I went out there to make sure I finished the job and prove myself that I could do it, I was like, I fucking love this. I've fallen in love with it, but that's never happened again. Right. I was like, did like didn't make first call outs, but I was like second, middle of the second call outs. So I'm like, nah, that's fucking not how that goes again. Polar opposite, yeah. I've seen people who get, you know seventh eighth tenth fifteenth and just like you know bodybuilding is a piece of shit and it causes all these problems and it's you know all these negative things it's like what did you expect going in that, that yeah. it's gonna make or break you that's it exactly yeah exactly yeah sink or swim you know and then it, you know granted like so, some of those people aren't well prepared with like who may be coaching them they whether yeah. they yeah. put them through you know a terrible prep and they didn't prepare them for what to expect but you know, that's, that's not everybody. Not everybody has that sort of excuse, but you know, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough, but yeah, it tra translates the entire process, the entire, you know, the prep, the, um, you know, just understanding what everything that goes into it really translates into other areas of life. And it's, okay. it's just really, really cool. So yeah, yeah. I, I like it. 
No, I completely agree. I was going to say, like, uh, I some of my favorite aspects is why, you know, we talked about it in, in America and in Virginia. One of the reasons why I view uh, the way I coach bodybuilding is you know, I would consider myself more as a performance coach in what I study and what I do. But to me, the the pursuit of bodybuilding is the physical manifestation of that performance. A lot of the time, right. like the the philosophies and the start, the the actions, the tasks, the goal orientation, most successful bodybuilders tend to follow the same premise that you know other high performance athletes do. It's just narrowed down to something like bodybuilding. So to me, it's like, you know, this is just a a physical vehicle to deliver that degree of performance coaching. Whether, whether I have an athlete that gets on stage or whether I have someone who just wants bodybuilding type coaching, generally those principles apply and they then carry over to you know the rest of someone's life, whether it be their business, their family, their degree, their studies. Most people that come to me and we work on bodybuilding, we work on their physique, we work on structuring, training, nutrition, tend to then excel elsewhere. And you see that the, 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 the skills are because of what they've learned here, they apply there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a byproduct of the entire process here. And I think that... That's really the such a such a crazy value that people get out of this. That may be unexpected. You know, I think it is unexpected for a lot of different people. And it, it can literally like change, you know, relationships, not just with people in their circle, but with themselves and how they see themselves and kind of unlocking that within somebody where you can see like, wow, I'm mentally tough enough to to go through this. Like something the hardest thing that they've ever done doing something like that going through that process it's it like i said earlier it's transformative and that is uh it it just unlocks like you know something else inside people to be like you know you can really really do anything that if you set your mind to it and work hard at it shit man you can make it happen like when you've got when you've got social circles that aren't like bodybuilding inclined and they're asking you to go out and party and eat shit food and you're like nah i've got a prep and you're 25 if you can do that man you can do fucking anything (laughs) yeah that's for sure that is it's it's uh, that's so true it's got to be one of the toughest things like navigating that i think especially like your first time going through really any whether uh, you know regardless of a prep or not you know going through something like that your your support system around you whether that's somebody's like family at home or friends you know like if you are trying to take these steps to improve your overall health and like chase this physical goal or whatever it is like if you the people in your circle are not supportive of that, man, maybe need to reconsider a little bit. Yeah, man. Like it's tough. It's tough. It's one of those, it's one of those things like, again, you know, where my kind of like my, I don't know, you, you probably view it very similar and we'll get into that for sure. Is like as a health coach of Merrick, I view myself a lot more, a lot of the time as more of like a lifestyle coach until we get to prep where then I take over as like prep coach Ben kicks in. But a lot of the time, like it becomes more of like, here's the plan for nutrition and training, but what does your fucking life look like? Like before yeah. we even pull the trigger on a prep 12 months from now, do you actually have the friendship circle that will support this? Or do they just say they'll support it until it's time to have a drink and you say no, or, you know, right. your family are on board until it's time for Christmas and you got to say no to Christmas lunch and all their stuffings and the extra potatoes and all sort of stuff. Like, you know, do you really have that support environment or is it just right now people say it? Do you actually have the house environment or is it just like, there's no cookies this week, but next week you might get some like, you know, all that shit that starts to add up is like more of a lifestyle coach before prep even starts. Like, do we actually have these ducks in a row to go bang now we're prepping? Oh yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the time, the the nicest transition from a lifestyle into prep is that not much changes. 
right? Yes. It's, yes. it's not much changes at all. Like, they're like, okay, like, you know, I'm ready to start prep. Like, what's going to happen? Like, my life needs to change 180 degrees. Like, cool, I'm going to start going to bed at this time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, no, like, you need to have yourself so set up where all of these things yeah. are so that when prep starts, it's a very smooth transition and not a whole lot changes. Yeah. So I, I talk about that all the time, you know, in Merrick, you know, outside of Merrick, whatever, like the people want the plan. They're like, Hey, tell me what I got to do. I'm ready for it. And like, you know, it's great. I love it. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm ready to tell people like all they need, answer all the questions, but it's, it's a lot of the time people forget. It's like, okay, like they, they're going to have to do the work, but a lot of the work involves other things outside of just like going to the gym, training hard and like buying the right food at the store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the lifestyle shit in between, which yeah. is a huge part of it. You yeah. Know? So, and that's that's what makes it so unique to other sports is like other philosophies, other hobbies, whatever you want to call it, is like, you know, I play decent levels of rugby league, I've played decent levels of touch footy, I've played decent levels of schoolboy sport. There's there's nothing that's been so immersive and involving as bodybuilding as an entirety. Like mm-hmm. you can't get away with oh, I drink on the weekends, but I train really hard during the week and before the game. And then mm-hmm. after the game, I might go out for get on the piss. Like that doesn't work here when you've got a prep six months from now. Every weekend can't be that. Every weekend's got to be this. So how do we make right. that happen? What's your environment look like? What's your friendship circle look like? What's your bed schedule look like? What's your work schedule look like? You know, I think um, uh, the Tropen guys did a really good po- uh, story that I post the other day. I think uh, Justin Harris was talking about, you know, if you're a, if you're a, a laborer or a tradie or, a, 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 you know, you have a particular craft, man, if you're getting 20, 30,000 steps a day on the job site, it's going to be fucking hard for you to grow and put food on. Like, so, yeah. like those things start to add up where for other sports, it might not matter as much, right? Like they're these little right. minute details that people don't really take into consideration that, when it comes to us getting you a long-term result, we've got to weigh that shit up. That stuff starts to matter. Are you turning down yeah. the beers after work? Are you getting to sleep on time? Are you getting more than seven hours sleep? Or is it just six hours because that's what your work life allows? Like there's so many times where I've had to pull clients out of a growth or a cut phase because life just didn't support it. And I was like, right. there's no point cutting right now for the next four weeks. You've got a new baby coming. You've got this happening. Yeah. You've got this going on, like 41 different things. And you want to try and put in a deficit at the same time. Like get the fuck out of here. That's just, we're not doing yeah. that. Yeah, man, it's just, I think, it, you know, that's the thing. It's like just setting up these realistic expectations. You're like, you know, I love, you know, you're ambitious enough to like try and go for it. I love it. But it's really, you're really not set up for those things. You know, it's, whether that's people who, um, you know, like whether they work a physically demanding job in like the trades or whether they're like a nurse or a doctor yeah. or like a police officer or something like that, working these 12 hour shifts. Oh shit, somebody called out sick. So now I work a 24 hour shift. Like, it is it is so hard and it's one of those things where like you said you know bodybuilding in this this entire process it's all encompassing mm-hmm. and the biggest thing is that it's completely unforgiving in terms of like it, your body is like you know literally a report card like yeah. i'm gonna know whether or not you fucked off on the weekend and drank and or yep. you know ate like shit and I'm, I'm going to know if you stayed up for like 12, 24 hours, whether it's with your newborn baby or whatever, like your body's going to know. And then we're going to see that response, yep. you know, in your check-in or you're going to see it in your performance. You're going to see it in your energy levels, all this stuff. So the body is unforgiving in that way, but it's also very, you know, it's very telling. So you really have to, it, it's just putting that into perspective. A lot of the time is what I'm doing 
letting people know like, Hey, like this, this may not be the best route to go right now. Or we probably aren't going to get here within this time frame, mm-hmm. considering XYZ. So. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very much agree with that. I think, I think that's good. Like that to me is signs of good coaching, right? Like to have that honesty as a coach where you might risk losing that client. Cause you're like, Hey, you know what? I've nailed this consult or we've had this conversation. You're going to sign up. But if I tell you the truth, you might not want to hear it. And you might go to another coach and might lie to you. And, you know, the way that we're going to approach that, it might be 12 months before we prep, not six. But that 12 months lands you in a much better position financially, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, physically, like your actual body presentation, like everything leads to a better end outcome if if we delay. But it's whether or not you're ready to hear that. But we as coaches have to step up and say, like, you know, that it that's just the way it is. That might not be the best route for you right now. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, just we live in this state where people want things so quick and so fast. Yeah. It's kind of like Amazon era. You know, it's like, yeah. I need something on Amazon. Cool, it's going to be delivered next day. Shit, maybe even today. And so we live in this era. And then, you know, obviously social media plays, plays into that as well. It's like, I need things now. And, yeah. you know, good coaches like you're saying like you really set somebody up and the starting point for any transformation really matters so uh, just setting up those realistic expectations and from the starting point and you know yeah you can hire anybody that's going to be like a yes man tell you exactly what you want to hear sure but in a couple months down the road if you're not where you want to be or need to be then you really start to kind of weed out like okay maybe the guy i was talking to who told me what (laughs) i did i go back to him yeah exactly so yeah so. mate let's uh let's go back let's go back a bit because I, I think there's a bit of interesting interesting um uh history there and what you can take away from coaching more um senior patients or coaching training um being in that sort of like physical therapy realm what did you find most interesting there because like from that obviously you've gone from there and gone not i want to get more into into health coaching or more athletic coaching but there's obviously something in there you take away and go on. This is actually like, I can take from this and I can apply this to people. Like what did you find, I guess, most interesting in that, that more senior coaching route or elderly patient, well, route, I guess. Yeah. You know what? Like I, I think a lot of it, that, that's a great question. So there were, there were some patients in there who were, um, who were really there because that that's, it was the only type of movement that they could do and they were trying their hardest just to they're really there just uh like they because they know they they need to be there to survive really like just it it, enhance their activity um there were also some in there who had that same mindset who were there to like you know experience uh go through this pt you know this kind of monitored cardiac rehab so that way they can still get their activity in in a safe way yeah man i had some I had a, I believe she was like 85. I saw a video of it. She was doing pushups. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, just this older married couple still like crushing it. And then, you know, on the other side, there was people who really needed like all the help that they can get. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from that is like, how do we, how do we make this less reactive and more proactive? Yeah. And that's kind of probably what stemmed it. It's like, all right, I have a job in this duty as a coach to make sure when we all reach this age yep. that we're going to be as healthy as we can be, as mobile as we can be. You know, I, I don't want myself to struggle getting on and off the toilet, you know, when I'm old, stuff like that. So, yep. 
it, it really just stemmed from there being way more proactive. And I think that's really what's great about something like Merrick Health, right? We're not this reactive, typical mm-hmm. Western medicine where it's like, hey, come to me only when you're sick or come yeah. to me when you have no other option. And it, that's probably the biggest thing, being just proactive about health and going, hey, like I, I seen what it's like on the other side where yeah. it's like we're on our last leg here. We're not hanging, you know, yeah. we're, we're not doing a lot. So that's probably what it was, man, honestly. There must be there must be something to that because I and please, this is not a, a sympathy or, or pity conversation. But um, so I was the carer for my father when he was going through his chemotherapy and it was like he went through pretty heavy stints, like three three terminal diagnoses. The guy was a stubborn fuck. He was just like, I'm not going. And then he got three different diagnoses, like, get your terminal. And he's just like, nah, fuck you, not this time. But I was his care and his rehabilitationist. And like, I got his programs. And that was basically like, my job was to take the program from the specialist with him to the gym, train train him up and, and sort of make sure that he goes to the gym safely, knows what he's doing. Because I had a bit of a back, background in training from sport. Um, and so I moved in with him as a carer rather than just a, you know, a son. And, and watching like, that sense of, I guess, accountability and longevity, like there's a role here to play in someone getting better. Like I took that pretty seriously and pretty personally. Like that was my obligation here. Like of anything that I do for the next two years, five years, fuck, this could be 10 years. I don't know, but I've committed to making sure that this guy at least tries to get better and has someone to be accountable to and show up to. And, and you know, that, that I think led to an interest a lot more in, in kind of how do we not get here rather than like, rather than, let's fix it when we do get here. How do we be healthier to not get here? What can we do right. in the interim to be healthier and prevent these things or, you know, reduce these risks of illness, reduce these risks of problems. How do we get people living more optimal lives for lack of better word that I hate most people using? How do we get to that point with before it obviously happens and then trying to fix it? Like you said, that reactive approach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just having such an appreciation for that proactive approach, just really, you know, prompted me to learn as much as I could, you know, it starts with the very basic, like, okay, like, how can I be a good personal trainer? Tell somebody how to work out. Okay, let's dive deeper. And then, you know, as you learn more and more, there's levels to this. And it's just like, this entire, you know, this entire space under there, it's kind of like that Dunning-Kruger effect, right? It's like, you have imposter oh, yeah. syndrome, or like, the more you know, the realize, you know, the less you know. Yeah. And it kind of just starts from there and goes, okay, like, how can I be the best sort of proactive coach on the lifestyle, health and wellness side, you know, remove bodybuilding from it. That's like the cherry on top. That's like performance stuff. But like the real, like the meat and potato stuff is like, how can I help somebody and understand this stuff at a basic level to maybe change somebody's life around and help them literally just live longer. So that's where it's at like that, you know, that that's where the, that's where the coaching, you know, the, the heart and soul of like coaching is, probably for me and bodybuilding is just fun you know (laughs) so that 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 part is just the cherry on top that's 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 what i try to you know i was trying to talk about that at the at the conference is everyone wants to be this you know i'm going to train all my clients to be elite bodybuilders and elite athletes and i I asked that question and i was like you know who here coaches actual bodybuilders like literally at like a state or national level and i think you me and justin harris put a hand up we're like yeah okay so there's three people in a room of 300 how many of your clients actually require, you know, five day body split programs with specific calories and specific like macronutrients. And there has to be at this level and this specificity, 1% margin of error. Otherwise you're a failure. Like how many actually require that? And then you dive into it. You realize like 
we get so caught up in this idea that that uh you know health coaching is like here's a bodybuilding program and chicken and broccoli it's like brother that's that's so <laughs> far from what it actually is when it comes to like genuine coaching and like health in, health intervention but health proactivity and you're like right. like don't get me wrong moving more is great but do you really like you know like i said I'd rather have a mum who can get three days a week than program her six days a week and make her feel like shit because she can only do exactly. it twice. Like let's exactly. go to the gym, just moving, get a step time, right. do an activity, go, go outside, go for a fucking walk, like train yeah. twice a day, try and train twice a week and go for a walk. Like no, like 0.111% of the population are bodybuilders. So why the fuck are we treating 99% of people <laughs> like they're bodybuilders? I know that's the, that's the thing, you know, that, that is, you nailed it there. And that's exactly right. You can't really take this like small niche of like how you coach somebody and just like, well, I'm just going to blanket this over everybody, yeah. you know, you know, it, and, but, you know, to, to give them, you know, those, those people credit who, you know, maybe it's just like your, your average mom who's just like trying to hold it together keep the family together keep the kid get the kids fed you know get them to bed on time go to school whatever it's like you know all the the hype and what you see on social media is like these this it's the most aesthetic you know and so it's like okay well how do i achieve that and this is where people like go to extremes you know yeah. all right well, i'm just i'm just gonna do keto never tried it before whatever i'm just gonna hop it's like the right keto. idea yeah, it looks like the right idea but not only that like they'll try keto but then they'll just like try it all right they're like well i'm gonna do keto and intermittent fasting i'm gonna do that too and you just you see it all and people go and i'm to gonna do extreme- five group classes a week yeah that's it's like hold on like slow down like let's re- relax like let's, let's take a step back and you know and this you know that's where the true coaching comes to play and it's like you really have to figure somebody out like, how do they operate on a daily basis? What does their lifestyle look like? What is, you know, what is their day to day? And it, you got to bring, you got to bring me into that. Cause I need to know what that's like. Cause I mean, I can tell anybody, Hey, eat, you know, nutrient dense foods, get some movement in, get eight hours of sleep. Like anybody knows that, you know, but yeah. how do you navigate around this appropriately? Yeah. That's yeah. the art of coaching. Right? Yeah. And that's, and that's something like, you know, I think especially getting into psychology as my subject, like, you know, my, my degree and where learning those things is so exciting to me. Cause it's like, even I, I, I have to admit and go back where I was like, I was wrong. I was wrong as an upcoming coach and trainer and athlete. Like, you know, that stuff came easy to me because that's what I've known forever. Like train, do your training, move more. The only times I felt worse in my life was when I wasn't doing the things I know that I could do, which was, you know, train properly, eat properly, eat more train harder, sleep better, all that shit. When it, when I went away from that is when I felt worse. But 99% of people live in that worse and they don't know it. They don't know those right. things to even go, I could do better. Like, right. you know, I speak to people all the time. They're just like, yeah, I'm in this like chronic sense of pain or this chronic sense of like fatigue and low energy. And it's like, well, hold on. That's not normality. That's not what we're supposed to be. You're talking about like right. chronic fatigue at the age of 30 because you go to bed with five hours of sleep at night and you go, oh, well, I wake up because I have to. It's like, well, wait. We can improve this slightly and make your like, this is even just about bodybuilding at this point. Like we can just make your life slightly better and then it spirals upwards from there. But it's like, you know, we get coaches where they're just like, like you said, let's throw everything in the kitchen sink and see what sticks. And I find so, I don't know about you, but I find so much more consistent result when it's like, let's implement two or three things for the next fortnight. Right. Right. 
right exactly you have to like, one step at a time here hold on like you know and that's even a lot of the times they'll press for more too i'm like hold on like your your state and like what you think is good you know it's all relative you know and and this is you know really helpful too when we can when we can have some quantitative data outside of, you know, this qualitative sort of feedback, subjective data, you know, we can look at, Hey, like, this is what your serum labs are. And yep. let me, you know, paint this picture for you. We can start to probably validate how you're actually feeling. So, yeah. it's, you know, you're not picking it up. We can, we can say, we can see that here in your labs, but yeah, we just, we just want to put all these pieces together. We're going to start like just a little bit at a time, you know, and fear, fear this process out. And that doesn't mean like, throwing all this like pharmaceutical or all these medications at you you know it's just like let, let's figure out the lifestyle stuff first yeah and then we'll go from there man that's what it, it amuses me when i see like like merit content i just go through especially when ali's on because i love oh fuck, i love ali and like well i'll go through like a, the the post when she gets posted and everyone's just like all you guys do is just like cramming drugs and cramming this and that cramming <laughs> like you know overdose and blah blah you're all cheaters i'm like hold the fucking phone here like Yes, sure. Like we we're looking at like increasing some TRT or we in, introducing something. But firstly, are you healthy? How do we get to mm-hmm. a point of optimal hormonal profiles and blood panels first to go? Now we introduce something even better. Like it's so it's so normal that people oper- operate at such suboptimal ranges and levels that the second you talk about being better, it's like this weird taboo, cheating. You're a scumbag. Like this weird concept of like, oh fuck, this guy wants to get healthier than me. Screw him. As a versus, yeah. like, why don't we all get healthier and fucking, you know, set a new bar? It's like, exactly, you're getting healthier than me. I know. It's, you know, and then the internet, people are so like polarized and people have all of their camps. You know, it's like, you know, you have the, the natural side or the vegan side or like somebody touches, like, you know, they need some hormonal replacement to some degree. And then it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, this guy is a cheater, whatever it is. Like, it's just, it, the internet's crazy and relentless and unforgiving and uh you know it's no like i talk i talk more people out of testosterone than i do like recommending it or suggesting it you know it's obviously it's not my call i'm not a provider i'm not the one saying yeah sure you can have yeah. it but you know i talk a lot of people out of it you know, i get a lot of people like hey i think i need testosterone because xyz and i'm like eh, what does your lifestyle look like or what's going on here yeah you're serious you know, like, yep. no, like you, you should, this is a lifelong commitment. Like, you know, yeah. I, I made that commitment without actually realizing I made that commitment yep. when I was younger. So yep. let me walk you back through all the mistakes I made first and yes. see if, you know, I'm trying to do that. So it, it's yeah. tough, but it's nice to be able to, you know, people, I, I like to use myself as an example, just cause I'm like, look, I, I've been through it, the highs and the lows and mm-hmm. I, I was basically my own science experiment, you know, and I didn't know what to do. I wish Merrick was around years ago right. you know, for myself. <laughs> when I tell people, I'm like, one of my biggest passions as a coach is I look at who I needed coming up and that's who I want to be. And like, I wish there was someone that thought like me or at the level, you know, the level I think now, or I'm like, I believe in such higher goals and higher ordinate goals and pushing myself, but also like, working the strategy, knowing the system, be more plan orientated, healthy focus, lifestyle focus. Like I wish I had that person when I was coming up and that's how I try to coach so that mm-hmm. you can learn from, like I can shortchange the distance from A to B, but also you don't have to make as many mistakes as I do. But also has to mean <laughs> you've got to listen to me when I tell you. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, people like, gosh, they, they just want, like I said earlier, it's like, they're, they're in this like kind of Amazon mentality where like, I, I want it and I want it now and they need it now. It's like, well, hold up. Like all these things have to be in place and we just, we just got to go. So this is a, this is a journey. You have the rest of your life really. And we're trying to make the most out of it. And we're not like, you know, you can, you can waste your time or, you know, we can get there efficiently. And I, I just hate like spinning my wheels because I've done that for so long, whether it's yeah. like with training, nutrition, I'm trying to cut or I'm trying to put on some muscle mass. Like I've, I've done it. I've spun my wheels and stayed in the same place yeah. forever. And I'm just tired of doing it. People ask me like why I'm so like detail oriented. I'm a huge data nerd. You know, like I keep, yeah. I keep the yeah. data on myself. And, uh, but that's the reason why, because I'm tired of wasting my time because yeah. I already wasted too much of it. And so if people are going to rely on me to help them out, like, Hey, I'm, I'm not, we're not going to be wasting time here. It may not come as fast as you think it is, but we're not going to be wasting time as long as you adhere to the plan. Yeah. So. Yeah. With that, with that approach, everything becomes a lesson, right? Like even if there is a, a hiccup or a stuff up or a screw up or a setback, like you can look at that and go, okay, what happened in that screw up? What happened? Mm -hmm. What did the data do when you did this? Or, you know, one of the things that I really like to do with clients is, um, you know, when something goes well, okay, what were you doing when it went well? Or when it goes wrong, what weren't you doing when it went wrong? Oh, so now we can look at that data and go, okay, but when you were doing it right, this didn't happen. When you were doing it wrong, you weren't doing this. How do we find right. that middle ground there? How do we combine those two things? So now we know what to do when it's going right and we know what to go back to when it's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Just understanding the all the variables that influence these things, right? It's like, it waits an easy one. Like, oh, like, man, I woke up and I, I was heavier than yesterday. I'm like, okay, well, let's like, put drop this food down. <laughs> you know, like, what happened? Did you not poop or like, whatever it is, you know? So uh, just, just, I think, you know, that's where the value of like, having a good coach is, it's just somebody that can kind of understand these variables yeah. and what, what influences what, and, you know, kind of laying that out for somebody to understand, then, you know, it clicks like, oh, okay, I get it now. I understand. And, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to be able to, to know these things. And, you know, a lot of, even a lot of things, you know, as coaches, sometimes we feel like it's like, oh, this should be kind of common sense, but, you know, just, you got to kind of keep it basic, got to keep it digestible yeah. for them to understand, you know? And I think, I think we'd probably uh, be the same when, uh, you know, I sort of view it as, and I've had to take that that coaching ego cap off and, and sort of step back and go, I thought I was speaking simply, but that's simple to me. Taking that right. step back and going, well, you know, if a mechanic came up to me and started talking about my fucking pistons and I sort of, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But to him, it's a piece <laughs> of piss, right? Like that's that's second knowledge to him. Like he's like, what do you mean? How do you not know what your carburetor is? Oh, I got no fucking idea. Like, so I'm paying yeah. him to tell me. But yeah, you know, that same approach as coaches sometimes get caught up in like, what do you mean? You don't know what a protein is. Like you mm -hmm. should just know proteins. Like, hang on, we've got to understand that they're not us. And right. you know, the, the client isn't us. They're not interested in being us, but they want to learn. So let's go right. back to where they are versus, you know, trying to assume where we are. I think that is such a, not a misconception, but it's at least a, a misunderstanding, I think, by a lot of coaches. Like you get the 25-year-old mindset wellness female who lives at home with mom and dad and still drinks, you know, chai lattes every day. They cost her 20 bucks. And she's trying to tell a mom of three or dad on night shift about how to, you know, optimize life and just, just manifest it, make it healthier, you know, get your eight hours sleep. It's like, come on, man. There's, there's so many other variables here where that's just not at play. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there, there, there it is, man. The, the value of like, 
a good coach and, and knowing like how to relay this information uh, in a di easily digestible way, but in a way where it doesn't, you're not like intimidating or condescending yeah. in any way. Like you really are receptive to you know questions, concerns, anything mm -hmm. like that. And then you help just, just teach, just teach people. Yeah. And then that's really it. And like, Hey, the goal here, like, I, I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to coach you 10 years from now. Like I can, I don't mind, you know, for the accountability thing. That's great. But if I could just teach you everything that you I won't know, need me. <laughs> you won't need me. Yeah. yeah. And that's really the goal. And then you go teach somebody else. Yeah. You know, and that that's really the goal. Yeah. That's, so. that's man. And I want to go back. Cause like, I feel a bit of a, like, well, I have a feeling if we look at the philosophy, I guess, of what you've taken from, from your degree in kinesiology and, and looking at movement, especially with the elderly. And then we go into like EMT at a certain degree. It's almost like the, the look at life for you has impacted in the philosophy you apply to coaching. When you look at those sort of like those realms, I guess, like if you could dive into that a little bit, it, there would have been some things you saw as an EMT, the things you definitely work with is like with elderly patients where you're like, life is more than being sick, injured, or dead. Like there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you just really over the course of it, it's, it's still at the root level, like kind of appreciating how the human body works on all degrees, on all levels. Right. And I almost, I like, I, I almost wish I, I did it in, in the opposite way where like as an EMT, like, you know, I learned what I did, like biomechanics, everything like that, kinesiology. And I would say like, it's, it's a little bit more than a surface level, like nutrition, understanding, like all that, like physiology, yeah. but the amount that I know now, it would really have supported like all the clinical stuff that I had yeah. seen. Like you recognize signs and symptoms of somebody like, uh Oh, like what's going on with this person and you're thrown in it too like when you're, yeah, when yeah. you're thrown in the mix it's like it can be like a shock when you see somebody in like in a state where you're not used to seeing people and uh you know it it like i said it, it develops this kind of the root of it is appreciating the human body and understanding yeah. how whether it's like an allergic reaction to something or somebody has like a traumatic wound and how is the body really responding there's my goal is just to help people overall. And that that's yeah. really the root of it. Like, how can I help people? And whether that was from a clinical standpoint, like being an yeah. EMT or whether that's in cardiac rehab, working with the, you know, geriatric population, whether that's now here at Merrick really, I think it's like kind of like 360. It's just obviously not so on the like trauma, like clinical side, but it's understanding how I can have the, the ability to learn as much as I can and help people. Yeah. And that's kind of where, I, that's probably how I ended up here. You know, that appreciation for the human body, mm -hmm. understanding, like <laughs> seeing things on like the extreme level, you know, on either yeah. end. Yeah. And then going, okay, well, how can I help? How can I help? And where do I start? And I guess I'm just doing the best I can along the way. <laughs> so that, that's helpful. really, yeah. <laughs> try, you know, yeah, try. try. <laughs> we try our best. <laughs> I no promises but i'm trying <laughs> yeah yeah that's really it man i think just like having an appreciation for that and then along the way you you get to meet people and who are really doing the same thing have the yeah. same sort of philosophy and that's what's great because it just really makes the world a better place i suppose
Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, just on that, then you know, we could we move towards we move towards I guess your philosophies through. You know, we kind of touched on we we talk about this a little bit, but not just bodybuilding. We could talk forever about bodybuilding, but I think like if we get into, you know, what's the philosophies and the approaches? I guess when say someone starts up with Merrick and they come to you, they've they've had their consultation. How does that how does that journey work? Because it's such a it's such a different realm of coaching now. Like to to have that proactive hormonal regular optimization, health focused, preventative health aspect versus you know the American model. With all due respect to America, it is very reactive based as a model for medical care. How right. does that journey work? How does that philosophy get like you know go with you? And how do you sort of approach that with you know not even just someone looking at you know, optimizing their test levels, but actually just being healthier, being better, like, you know, fucking whether you're 25, 45, 60 or 32, like you're getting a, a diverse walk of life of people that are now coming to the senses that they should probably be better. And also their hormones play a big role. How does that, I guess, that journey map out? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, you know, it, it, it oh gosh. So it is unfortunate, like the, the kind of the Western, you know, kind of, typical Western medicine way of very reactive with, with being a, a health coach at Merrick, it's first helping somebody realize that they're, you know, what is their baseline and what is, you know, an optimal baseline based on like reference ranges that we like to have and we like to work with comparing that to some Western medical ranges. You know, and we can look at just, you know, that quantitative data there and go, okay, hey, look, and I'll compare it all the time. I'll compare like the the lab court ranges that people get, and then I'll compare them to ours and say, hey, look, like good is not great. And we're not just trying to be good, we're trying to be optimal here. Um, and where do you fall in between that? And how do you get from, you know, good to great? And whether we get there through like pharmaceutical intervention alone or ideally with like lifestyle interventions yeah. as well. And that's really the main component where like I sort of sit in this like lifestyle intervention, ask me all the questions. I'll tell you like how these like pharmaceutical drugs work, the mechanism of action, you know, the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics, yeah. how, how the drug works on you and how the body like receives the drug. But how do we get there lifestyle wise? And that's kind of like taking it back to everything we know we just talked about. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I play that role there. And Merrick is more so this like, hey, come to us, you know, we'll check your lab work. You can ask me any question you want and you'll get a response much faster than if you emailed your doctor or like yeah. you needed a question, you needed me to ask the provider. Sure, I'll ask the provider and I'll probably get you an answer probably within 48 hours or less. And it's a bit like, very open communication and, and it also kind of like kind of brings down that wall that people have of like oh man i gotta go to the doctor and like when i go to the doctor i feel uncomfortable talking about xyz like yeah. man i can tell you how many people are just like more more receptive you know when it comes to just like or you know just more open to to opening up about themselves what are they actually doing what are they actually taking like a lot of times people aren't that honest with their doctor when it comes to their diet or that you know the doctor's like hey like how's your diet been oh it's been okay you know but when i talk to them i'm just like hey i'm not i'm not here to judge you i'm literally just here 
to help you navigate through this, to help you figure out how to go from like good to optimal and people just open up. And I think that, you know, when I can relate to a lot of people like that, it's, it's, you know, people get that white coat syndrome. You walk into a doctor's office and you try to take their blood pressure and their blood pressure is going to spike, you know, because it's just in a doctor's yeah. office. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People can talk to me from like the comfort of their home, you know, on, on their zoom and sometimes with their camera off so they can just talk and we get to know each other and like build this relationship and this rapport with somebody. And I can talk to somebody way more frequently than they will with their doctor. Yeah. So it's creating this like natural, organic, safe, you know, relationship where, you know, I am serving as a resource of information and help to get somebody from good to optimal. But not only that, I have an entire clinical like team on my side behind me. Like we're all supporting this like proactive sort of health, um, you know, and so that's kind of the role that we're serving there. And you know, whether, like I said, whether that's lifestyle intervention or pharmaceutical, you know, intervention there, it's usually a combination of both. And the goal is not to just like give somebody a drug. It, the goal yeah. is to help them understand how that works, why it works the way it does, how your lifestyle changes will help to get you from A to B, ask me questions along the way. And that's, that's kind of what that journey looks like. Of course we have like, you know, our, the things that we kind of need here that's like getting your lab work taken care of making yeah. sure we meet with the provider and that's not getting lab work done once a year and you know it's getting it done multiple times but then on top of that like what does that lab work consist of what are the markers that yeah. you're looking at and nine times out of ten actually probably like a hundred percent of the time the markers that we're going to look are way more thorough way more yeah. comprehensive and I'm going to talk to you about what all of those markers are. Like you get yeah. your lab work back from your doctor. People see like another language, like hieroglyphics. They're like, I don't yeah. know what this is. And yep. you go talk to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, it looks good. Sure. Like maybe work on this or whatever. And it's very short and, and not as, you know, not as thorough, but with me, you know, like I'll get your lab work back and I'll walk you through each one of those markers. And I'll tell you what it is like, walk you know, what it's doing, like what this represents in your body and then how to improve it. And so just like relaying this sort of information kind of breaks down a lot of that, like, you know, stigma or, you know, that, that discomfort when it comes to people just going to the doctor, yeah. you know? And so when you can break it down on just like a, a normal, like kind of conversational level, like, Hey, like, what's up? How's it going? How's your day? What's going on? This is what this marker means. And this is how we can improve it. Ask me any questions about it. Are you taking XYZ drug? Do you take recreational drugs? Like what's going on? So that's kind of how it is. Like, and and it's it's uh, transformative, you know. Yeah. And it's such a it's such a different approach. Like you said, you know, we, we get to that point where you kind of just you get into the doctor and, and and you know, I could be wrong, but there's a lot of, I, I guess, stereotypes in TV and stuff that we see over here that is quite reflective of American Medicare uh, medical systems. But it's, you know, 99% of the time you're going into the doctor, it's something negative you're getting back. Like it's it's always something like counterproductive or negative, or at least has a negative connotation where you're like, fuck, I don't want to see this guy again. I'm going to be told about my diabetes. or told about my blood pressure. or told about this. Like you start to develop almost like an, an existential angst of like, I'm going to the guy who's supposed to help me medically be at my best but all i get from him is negativity why the fuck mm -hmm. do i want to go for that visit why do i want to go mm -hmm. there now i'm going to ignore it for 10 years and now all of a sudden i've got all these problems because i wasn't actually ad addressing those issues i was more so denying they exist so i don't have to go see him whereas yeah. like in this approach 
I guess. And it's something, you know, I try to take with even my athletes and stuff because I make sure they get tested and make sure we go through everything. It's not just one or two panels. It's not just one or two points of blood markers. It's not like, you know, I had, I had a, a consult with a guy today and he just went through standard GP, got his, uh, got his blood panels, but not his sex hormone tests. I was like, okay, I can't, t- I, like, this is, what are we doing here? And then went and got his sex hormones test. It was just estradiol and testosterone. I was like, well, where's your SHBG? Where's your FSH? Where's your free yeah. test? Like, where are these things yeah. that start to tell the story? Like, to me, when I'm looking at these things, I'm like, I'm, I'm playing with the matrix here. I'm looking at these these words and numbers, paint a picture and tell me what's going on. Like, they're inter- intersecting and interacting and it's systematic. So me looking yeah. at your ALT numbers without seeing what your testosterone is or what your stack design is, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like we're exactly. leaving clues out of the story. And because doctors don't care that you're a bodybuilder, powerlifter, strong man, elite athlete, whatever, they're just going, oh, yeah, it's like normative ranges. And like you said, those normative ranges are based on the average of the entire population. Yeah. So yeah, like, that- when you when you look at those numbers, right, it's like, well, fuck, we go through America and Australia right now, Western culture, those averages are fucking terrible. So just because you're in average or in the normal range, What's normal right now is terrible. Yeah. So that's What's not normal. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, not a good thing at all. Yeah, we, we want those ranges to be like, a, you know, like a younger, healthy, like, you know, just living like the healthiest sort of lifestyle somebody can live. We want we want the the blood values of that. We want the average of that. We don't, we don't want the average of like, if you just, you know, reach down and pick your hand out, like, pick, you know, pick a handful out of the pocket. <laughs> no i don't i don't want that yeah like not, it's gonna like be diabetic about the fucking comment uh, sorry at the, the comment at the summit you know only 36 million americans tick the, the boxes required of not even 36 million i think it'd be less than that if you actually equate it totally uh recommended serves of vegetables a day recommended mm. serves of fruit a day recommended serves of general activity health markers uh, sorry like sleep markers um and aerobic activity as well as resistance training Less than a quarter of America, like 5% of Americans total do that. We have a population of 360 million people. You yeah. reach down and pick out that general population of a thousand to create an average, a bell curve. I don't want to be in that average. Like yeah. I want to be three standard deviations away. Like that's not <laughs> fucking normal to me. Like I'm not going, oh, I'm good because of those numbers. Like that to me just, it's so indicative of how lazy the system is at looking at health. It's like, right. oh yeah, you're normal for what's normal right now. But what normal right now is fucking terrible. Yeah, exactly. And so this is a very like progressive way to me when I first found out about something like Merrick and what, you know, the vision here, what we have to offer. It's like, to me, that's, that's the future of health. It's like, cool. We can be here, be proactive. Not only that, but like, you don't have, you don't have people here that don't want to be here. You know, like you have, everybody here who wants to be here we're not like uh i i just i need to find a job somewhere to like pay me so i could just do the things that i want to do like no we are all like nerds about this stuff yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we care about it we're passionate about it and yeah. you know one way or form or another and so when you have people that like really want to be here really care about their job and then you know you pair that with like progressive health and it man it's 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 unlike anything that yeah, have that exists now. So it's, it's it's really cool, really cool space to be in. It's a weird sense, I think. Like uh, you know, I don't know about you, but me as, as a coach and what I do, I'm, I'm still challenged by people today. Like, get a real job, but 
I get such a sense of fulfillment in what we get to do that's so beyond the normal route of people. Like they still like people struggle to comprehend what I do for a job or what I do for work or how my business makes money or like why it's so succeeding. And I'm like, I get, I get literally got to travel for this job. Like to me, it's so much fun. And it's like, I'm more passionately excited about you getting your results than you are. But that's like, yeah. it's, it's so fucking fun to me. Like, yeah, there's low days, there's exhausting days, there's emotional days, you know, there's frustrating days, but it's like in amongst all of that, I get to do the thing I love for a job and get paid for it by people who want to help themselves. How fucking mm -hmm. fun is that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's it, man. That, that's, that's the core of it really. And I, I think that like, there is no better job really. You know, <laughs> to me, like, oh, yeah. If you could ask me like the job in high school, right? You're like, fuck, what would I love to get paid for? Training people, yeah. making them healthier, getting them jacked and, you know, spending time in the gym. What? Yeah. Right. I get to work out. I get to train people, coach people. I get to learn all this stuff. Like, say less, you know. So it, it is. It's a blessing. Um, but you know, credit to, you know, the work ethic and the dedication, the discipline for like, you know, all the coaches out there who are just like really trying to do their best and be their best that yeah. they can and as much as they can and not. And that's the thing I think with the coaches here is we you know, a lot of, unfortunately, like kind of that Western medicine style, they make it, they get to the, their job, they have their own clinic or office. And then that's kind of it in terms of like, you know, they don't have that or desire maybe to yeah. continue to, you know, continue learning all this and that. Like here, like we're, I'll read studies all day. I'll, I'll learn. I want to stay up to date on all this stuff. And so, yeah, like I said, nerds about it here. So we want to learn as much as we can. We have clinicals weekly, you know, like we have all of our coaches talking you know, about X, Y, Z every day, just trying to learn as much as we can. So uh, it's, it's a really cool pool of data that we have in different perspectives, different, you know, like, uh, you know, approaches to different things, like what yeah. works, what doesn't work, you know, it's a plethora of, of just information. It's overwhelming sometimes, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's fun, right? It's good. It still makes it interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the thing that excites me is that, you know, I was pumped when I started seeing you guys on the bro chat um, as like the major sponsor and for where I started pushing that um, because it meant that bodybuilding starts to view the health lens. You know, like mm -hmm. seeing guys like yourself, coaches like me, a few colleagues that I have in, in, in Australia where we're trying to really push that more minimum effective dose, healthy, healthy profile ranges first that in the up and coming of coaches in bodybuilding and health to me means like we can get the same benefits. We can get the same response, results, responses, you know, still have those genetically elite gifted people, but not have to, you know, not so much kill ourselves, but we're mitigating so many of the risks where we're harm reducing versus like, fuck it, just send it and see what happens. Like yeah. we start to get down that route of data and health science. It's like, hang on like 10, 15 years ago, it was considered a cool diet because you had chicken and rice. Like there's so many more micronutrients, antioxidants, health profiles. That we need to look at your diet as a bodybuilder to make sure that you're healthy, that liver enzymes are okay, that kidney function is okay, that your heart can handle these things. Cholesterol levels are in check. Like that all starts to add up and just going, oh, well, fish and broccoli, fish and, and rice is okay. It's like, it's okay, but is that going to help <laughs> you do this until you're 50? You shouldn't be getting right. out of 30 and going, I'm ready to die. Like that shouldn't be normal. We should probably look right. at this like longevity, right? Like whether you stay in it full time or whether you want to go out and live life afterwards, we should probably be a bit healthier and smarter about it. Exactly. And that, yeah, that's like what's allowed me to be 
like selfishly like better and better each year like as a bodybuilder like knowing you know how things operate and you know how you know whatever particular drugs work the way they do where my you know serum markers should be but i guess more than that is like is for myself and for my clients and for anybody who asks like making more informed decisions yes. about like you know and knowing knowing the risk you're going to take before you accept the risk yeah you know especially like for our females like what what is it that you're taking and you know do, do you know what it is you're taking do you know the risks associated with yep. this this is exactly how it works i'll lay it out for you if you are okay with that and then by all means like you know go for it but what you shouldn't do is just like you know not be informed and then yep. just decide to you know, take all these xyz this. okay yeah exactly <laughs> like wait what so yeah, I've definitely, you know, had to, you know, have like more challenging and difficult talks, you know, some with some females, you know, about like what it is that they're taking or they were taking or were suggested to take, you know, it's like, hey, no, like this is how this works. This is what may happen if you take, you know, this for this dosage and this duration. If you're okay with that, then cool. But I want you to know that like this is what you can expect. So I mean you can do it. It's not ideal, but you know, if you choose to do yeah. it, that's on you. Yeah, exactly. You know, just be informed, make more informed decisions. So and you know, that's that's yeah, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> do you uh, like you know, we'll, we'll wrap up shortly because but you know, again, we could talk fucking bodybuilding training philosophies all day. We've both done J3, we've both gone through that route of education as well and and just obviously our own experiences. How do you find, like, I guess, and, and we've we've probably already established this really, but I'm going to just throw it out there. The way that you, you know, you approach getting someone ready for, for TRT or getting ready for, you know, if you go down that hormonal route, getting that lifestyle, like, corrections right first. Is there much difference between that and getting someone ready for a prep with you? Because I feel like, to me, it's a very similar process. When I look at my guys and even the, even the non-competitors who want to go down the more, like, super physiological dose realm, I'll still make sure that they're in a position health-wise, lifestyle-wise, mentally-wise to to support that choice with knowledge and as much expertise as possible. And then it's up to them what they do. But that, that I guess you might call it like a preload phase or a pre-preparation phase. It's very similar to me to get them ready either to go to the prep phase or to, you know, use exogenous hormones. But it's it's like, yeah, a very similar protocol, I guess, or process of getting to that point. Yeah, it really is. Because I mean, if, if you kind of lay it out to them, like you, you're not going to make the most <laughs> out of your, out of your test or whatever these, you know, dosages are, if everything else is not already aligned. Yeah. And so I think when, when, and what happens is people find this out, um, you know, whether, whether they have everything like appropriately aligned or not. And so, you know, a lot of the time people will start on their whether it's TRT or even they decide to push things to a super physiological doses. And if things aren't aligned, mm -hmm. then you know, a lot of times like, well, it isn't what I thought. I'm not feeling the way that I thought I would feel. I'm not <laughs> getting what I thought I would get. Like, well, I hate to break it to you. Like, you know, it's not like, there's a lot of misconceptions about like what yeah. people think starting on TRT is going to be like, you know, mm -hmm. or like starting on, whatever dosage amount like you know people start and they don't do the minimum effective dose they hit this ceiling dose and they feel like shit and have all these side effects like you know <laughs> if if things are not like optimal lifestyle wise you are not going to yeah. get the 
this beautiful effect that you're you're envisioning so yeah absolutely like the the approach the step-by-step approach to getting somebody like on trt and making the most of it or even super physiological doses it's the same thing or even without them at all um this you know you got to mitigate the stress you got to make sure your sleep is there getting enough adequate adequate total nutrient intake and then quality you know intake as well macros and micros um you know it's just it's everything looking at your lab seeing if you have any organ function seeing if you have any deficiencies you know any of that kind of optimizing there um and knowing that it's going to be a process but absolutely you got to you got to tick all those boxes daily and consistently play, like yeah. link those days together turn those days into weeks into yep. months into and that's really when you'll start making the most of it so if you are on you know x if you're on a minimal effective dose of trt like you'll probably no doubt like feel better if all of those things are already in place yeah. and you have that minimum effective dose like don't try to use it to like as a band-aid to like fill the gaps or whatever like it yeah. is that you're missing life like it's not going to work that way so yeah you can't you can't you, you can try to cheat it and you know some people do and you know you can you can see results if you're going from like null like like zero to you know you're blasting of course you're going to see results there but <laughs> crank a gram in your first week <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's you know this is a long game and it, it literally is a lifestyle like whether you're trying to be a bodybuilder or not it's it's a lifestyle so yeah the approach that's, is the same. that's such a, a misconception people have like they think we do it just for the vanity or like you know only bodybuilders need to go to the gym and train hard and yada yada but like we see and we know that andropause is a pretty common thing it's a, a pretty prominent thing in men after the age of 32 we start to decline testosterone production there's all this advertising data. There's, you know, there's, there's running campaigns, there's health campaigns for menstru- uh, um, menopause, but there's such little advocacy and knowledge out there for andropause and what happens to men when it declines. Yet mm-hmm. what I see, and you know, I spoke to Jirai about this as well, I see pretty common, uh, commonly, especially in Australia, is the highest, the highest range of divorce, midlife crisis, mental depression, and suicide clocks in around the 45 to 55. Now, what age do we start to see the largest onset of andropause in men where we have that biggest reduction is around 40 to 45. That's where it really starts to kick in. Most people probably even sooner because they live such shitty lifestyles. When we're talking about these things and, and longevity of optimizations and making sure the body's healthy for long-term, man, modern science has allowed us to live to 90 to 100 years old and we're declining in health optimization at 40. Like you've still got mm-hmm. two thirds of the innings to go. Like you're, you know... Yeah. two thirds of the game left and you're at like shit health yeah. there. Like we yeah. not just bodybuilders that need to, to worry about these things or like, you know, just to get jacked on stage. Like we want to look at this long-term. How do you live? You know, yes, Arnie's taking all these things and he has money to get healthy, but the dude's 80 and still jacking it in the gym. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason why that's possible that we kind of want to allow everyone to have that potential, like to potentiate that for everyone. Right. Like, I just think it's such a misconception where it's like, oh, only bodybuilders concerned about their hormones and their training and their nutrition. Like, nah, bro, we should all be probably pretty concerned. Yeah, we should. We should absolutely be pretty concerned. And I think that's, that's, you know, the role that we are currently serving and will continue to serve as coaches. It's, you know, bringing this in, uh, into the light and like helping people understand this, like, Hey, like we, we really have to get these things like, we really have to restructure perhaps, you know, your perception on this entire process. And like, how do you go from like, you know, 
feeling like shit at 40 to like turning your life around after X amount of years of not really taking care of yourself. Like it's possible. It's just going to take some time. So yeah, I, like I said, that's, that's the role we're kind of serving as coaches to make sure that we can help, help people just increase their overall, you know, health span, not just lifespan. It's a fair way to put it. Um, Wait, let's finish up because, you know, we'll keep rambling for, for fucking, I'll take your time up the entire day. Um, <laughs> I've got two, two questions for you that I want you to kind of kind of get into, but this is going to become more from your personal experience with your competitive career. Um, you know, we went right back and we found, we even found photos of like 2013, I think was your first competition, <laughs> yeah. um, which again, people yeah. need to comprehend. It's now 2023. This guy has been competing since he was, since 2013. That's a decade. Like yeah, people really don't comprehend time spans in goal orientation. So in your decade of competitive experience, performance experience, What's the biggest piece of advice that you would give up and coming bodybuilders, listeners that are you know interested in competing or might be coming to one of us for a comp prep? Like, what's your biggest piece of advice there? Oh, um, you know what I would I would say the biggest piece of advice is if you are like like humble yourself and recognize that you probably don't know everything, so you should you should hire a coach. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Hire a coach, you yeah. know that. That would probably have been the best thing that I could have done. I understand that like, you know, you know, when people are first starting and people are starting younger and younger. And so they may not have the means or the funds to hire, you know, a a coach. Just don't rush into anything, you know, especially exogenous hormones. Like you can really get so much out of, you know, just you know, mitigating stress, getting enough sleep, getting enough food, training hard, like all of that. You can get so much out of that and and don't rush the process, especially when it comes to drugs. Yeah, man. Completely agree. Completely fucking agree. (laughs) You see like, you see like Instagrams now where there's like guys that are cranking 18, 19. They're just like, yeah, there's my stack. And it's like 10 grams of trend. You're like, what are you doing? Like what? Like what's going on here? Yeah. who, Who advocated for this? Yeah, your starting dose of test should not be like 500 or higher. Like, what's going on? Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah. Gyno nipples at 20. You're like, come on, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you're just opening yourself up to like exactly what I did. You know, like I started young and I was like, yeah, I want to compete. This is cool. Like, what drugs do I take? Tell me, you know, and I just made mistakes. Too many of them. But, that's Hopefully. the benefits of us as coaches, right? Is you can learn from that experience without having to make those mistakes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, uh, was- second, second and last question, I guess, is uh, given your extensive background of, of different interests and research and, and readings, what is one book that we could add to the recommended reading list for our clients that you would suggest they read straight away? Oh, that's, that's, that's good. Uh, you know what? Like I'd have to say, uh, <laughs> there's one that's that's not really bodybuilding kind of related at, at all. Um, you know, I really like uh, the Go Giver. It's a really good book. Okay, the Go Giver. Uh, you know, your your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Uh, that's Love it. one of the that from that book that like I live by. Uh, so, and it's probably, you know, it, it, it resonates with me as a coach. So that, that's a great one. Um, outside of that, I, I really it's like if, 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 when it comes to like coaching or understanding, whether you are a coach or whether you're just like somebody trying to understand the process, I think 
fat loss forever by like lane norton is a is a really good one it's a pretty easy read and he kind of breaks things down easily if if somebody's trying to like understand things on that level so love it mate appreciate your time like i said we could have kept talking for three more fucking hours really so yeah no doubt there'll be follow-up convos and stuff we'll probably have again in the future um have you got any any comps coming up anything that we need to be on the lookout for that people can follow along with or you know any events or seminars you guys are running uh you know i will be at silverback uh i'll be at swiss and then i'll be at silverback um in november but no competition for me uh the rest of this year maybe next year but shoot it might even be till 2025 i'm trying to you know i gotta i gotta i gotta hide away and take the time put on some muscle mass it's not easy and it, it doesn't come quick so maybe 2025 i'll be back up on stage so we'll Love see it. all yeah. right brother that is it from us, my friend. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate the uh, the time, the energy, obviously, like uh, just the opportunity here to uh, speak, to, to conversate with you and about cool shit. Dude, I can talk all night about it. So thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I look forward to the next one. Appreciate it, brother.